0: Welcome to the Gotta Pop podcast. My name is Buddy Gott, and I'm the founder and chief editor of Plethora of Pop, which can be found on medium.com or on plethoraofpop.com. On this show, I'll be talking each episode about new and classic things I've been enjoying from the worlds of music, movies, television, books, and some other things, too. Sometimes I'll have guests on the show, and sometimes I'll be doing them by myself. I thank you very much for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. My name is Buddy Gott. Welcome to today's episode of my Gotta Pop podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to have with me uh, someone that I know through her writing on medium.com and through her podcast, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and that is my friend Carrie Purvis. Welcome to the show, Carrie.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Buddy. This is great.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I did mention a podcast and you and your husband, Justin, right?
1: Yes, Justin.
0: Yeah, yeah, have a have a show. It's about the Muppets, and I've heard a couple episodes of this, and it's fantastic. I encourage people to check that out. I'm going to include a link here on well, I say here on YouTube, but uh, this show is on YouTube, and it's also the audio version is all the fine fine places that host podcasts like Spotify, Apple, etc. But uh, just just to talk briefly about that, uh, you had started that a while ago, right? Uh, I know you've been a lifelong fan, I guess, of the Muppets.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. I've been a lifelong fan of the Muppets and we started it in uh, 2020, I think. So with like a lot of people, we started a podcast during the pandemic because, you know, what else were we going to do? Um <laughs>
0: Yeah, a lot of podcasts started then. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um And originally it was going to be a Muppet Show watch along or like not a watch along, but like a uh, like, like just a recap of all the episodes. Oh, OK. And it actually turned out really good that we didn't do that because uh, it, Disney Plus released the show shortly after that and everyone was doing the recaps. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, I did see yeah. other ones on there when I looked for your show.
1: Yeah. So what we've done is we'll have a guest on and they get to pick a Muppet and we talk about our favorite moments with the Muppet and uh, with that particular Muppet. And it's, it's a lot of fun. We've been kind of on a hiatus lately, but we're hoping to pick it back up soon. And we've also had like special episodes where last year we reviewed the Wicked Witch of the West Sesame Street episode. Oh, that's <laughs> fun. Heard about that at all.
0: No, I didn't hear about that, but that sounds like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, like, I won't go too deep into it. But basically, it's an episode where they aired it and kids were so afraid of it that they never aired it again. Oh, no. (laughs) uh, But it leaked. It leaked on YouTube. So we watched it and talked about it. And that was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I got to look for that on YouTube myself. That sounds like an interesting one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see why kids were scared. Um, But it's a fun episode. though. (laughs) Oh, that's great.
0: And uh, today, well, we were kind of talking back and forth about what to talk about on here because we know each other through Medium. You write all different kinds of things on medium.com, including some things about pop culture. You do some things for my plethora of pop uh, publication, really, buddy? Publication and, uh, you know, other things. And um, I know we're both um, music lovers, but also TV lovers, obviously. So we thought we'd talk about, you know, something from the music world and from the TV world today. And a band that we both love a lot. And I was I was thrilled when I discovered that you were into them because you were posting things online, different songs that you love by this band, is the, the legendary Bee Gees. Have you been a fan of them for a long time?
1: No, actually I have. So I, I, I've always known who they were, but I, and it wasn't that I didn't like them. I just wasn't really super familiar with them. And like within the last couple of months, I just started listening to more of their music and I'm like, this is really good. And you know, for a long time, I thought they just did disco which is fine, but mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really realize how versatile they were.
0: Yeah, it's uh, kind so- of funny. I'm sorry, go ahead, Carrie. Oh
1: no, it's okay. I do remember um, when they had the Vegas concert in 97 or 98. I think I remember them singing the New York mining disaster song. And I'm like, that's really good. I've always liked that song.
0: Yeah, me too that was one of the, probably the first songs that I knew by them when I was a kid I was um, I started listening to music when I was around uh, 10 years old so that would have been around 1976 and at that point that song was kind of considered an oldie because that was one of yes. on one of their first albums and I remember being a kid and I think at first I thought it might have been a Beatles song I, there was uh, some sim- maybe a slight similarities in their sound in their early days you know with the harmonies the great harmonies. But I always love that, and you mentioned the one night only concert, and we'll talk more about that later on. But that is one of my—I uh, know it was—it was, it was uh, recorded. You know, I think it was—I don't know if it was on HBO or or somewhere. There was a video of it, or maybe a videotape. But uh, I had the live CD, and it's one of my favorite live albums ever. It's just. Such an amazing mix of their music from going back to the '60s, but then '70s, '80s, and up till I think at that point they had just recently released the Still Waters album. So there were some songs from Still Waters on there, plus some of the songs that they had written for other people. You heard like a Little Medley's on there, and I, I think um, and and then I know there's one you like too on there that is uh, on one of Celine Dion's albums, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What song is that? I-
1: Uh, Immortality.
0: Immortality, yeah, and that's- And I knew
1: that one a long time ago. That's a really good song.
0: Yeah, that is a really good song. And, um, well, like, you, you know, you had mentioned the disco years, and that's probably- you know maybe what they're most famous for their association with that whole I mean they they are the they and like other acts like Donna Summer and the Village People are probably the first artists that pop into a lot of people's minds when they think of the disco era from like you know maybe the mid to late 70s to the maybe just the very beginning of the 80s before you know people there was this big anti-disco craze and that kind of ruined a, you know it, it, I hate to say it ruined their careers but it did to a large degree um there was a, did you by any chance see, there was a couple years ago, there was a special about the BGS on HBO. I can't remember the name of it now. Yeah, okay. and yeah, that was, re- I, I thought it was really good, and they go into that in there how, you know, there was this anti-disco movement, there were record-burning parties, and uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it, it put a damper on the Bee Gees sales for their future albums, and well we'll, well, we'll get more into like their later albums later on, but uh, going back to Uh, The 70s, I mentioned Saturday Night Fever. They had so many hit songs that came off of that. You had Staying Alive, Night Fever, How Deep Is Your Love, and they even wrote songs on there. I think they, didn't they write If I Can't Have You by Yvonne Ellum? I'm not sure. They might have been involved in the production of that, but... uh... Yeah, but uh, there was just so much, and uh, you you said that you've kind of delved into maybe some of their lesser known things lately, and you've fallen in love with those. Um, and and th- anything in particular you want to mention from them?
1: Well, the last album they did was "This Is Where I Come In." Or, this is where I came in, or this is where I come in, or, I come in came in. I think. Yeah, I think, <laughs> and, uh, I think
0: it might be came in. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I've really enjoyed that a lot, and it's interesting to listen to it because, uh, you know, like we were talking, you think of them as a, a disco group, but but I listened to it, I'm like, this sounds very modern. Um, if, you know, mm-hmm. for that time period, there were some songs. I'm like, this makes me think of Michelle Branch and um like yeah. you know, different singers who were big then uh and then this is where I came in. It reminded me almost of a song from Fleetwood Mac's album that uh came out around the same time. And I don't remember the name of it. But yeah, I was just really struck by the album. I loved this song Deja vu and Man in the Middle. Um oh, yeah, those it's really are good morris singing lead.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's something I think as I was growing up and, uh, maybe a lot of people th- thought, uh, mistakenly was that Barry was the lead singer. Cause you see, you saw Barry featured prominently because, you know, not that the other guys weren't attractive guys in their own right, but Barry was sort of like the heartthrob of the BG. So he got oh, focused yeah, I mean,
1: that and, amazing hair. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was, you know, he's one of the reasons I first started growing beards. Cause Barry had the cool beard back then <laughs> him and Michael McDonald. I, I, I blame them for my beards. Um, but, um, but yeah, I always thought that Barry sang the songs. And as I, you know, really, because of things like Spotify, where I was able to delve more into their non-hits, I discovered that, you know, Robin sang a lot and Morris to a much less lesser degree. I think it was more so on like the last few albums that they did that he was featured yeah. uh, mm-hmm. prominently. Like that song you mentioned, Man in the Mirror, that's a great song. There, there's several great songs on that album. I, um, I didn't own that one, but I remember getting that from uh, back, I used to get a lot of, you'll appreciate this. Cause I know you're a librarian. I used to get a lot of CDs from the library. Oh yeah. I, remember,
1: awesome.
0: yeah I, I got, I used. I remember getting that from there and I liked it. Um, but I never ended up buying my own copy. And I, up until we were talking about it just recently, I hadn't listened to it in, I don't know, at least 15 years, but there's so many good songs on there. And one I like a lot, uh, is technicolor dream do you like that
1: yes yes that's got an old beatles feel to it uh i love that it does
0: it's got this light peppy sound to it and i was playing it in the car the other day and my wife lisa was with me and she heard it and she's just like what is this 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 sounds like this would be like if you had a tv show buddy this would probably be the theme to it because it it just sounds like hey it's the buddy got show and it's this light boppy thing you know technicolor dream and it's kind of uh I don't know. I don't want to say hokey in any way, but it's got got a great nostalgic feel to it, I think.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could just see someone singing that in a vaudeville show, maybe. It's it's really, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a good call. I think it's definitely got that kind of vibe to it. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a really good album. I like that a lot. And I was turned on, I never, I I can say I've been a fan of them my whole music listening life, because like I said, I, I think I first discovered them when I was around 10 years old. That was the mid-70s, and Jive Talkin' had recently been a hit, and they had had, uh, I remember loving uh, Nights on Broadway, that had recently been a hit for them, and then of course, Saturday Night Fever happened, but I never owned, I owned a, a couple of their greatest hits compilations. I never had delved into their studio albums at all, until I got a copy of Still Waters, and that came out, I want to say-
1: 97, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it was 97, and I got that by mistake. I uh, I don't know if you ever belonged to any of the music clubs that used to be. Oh
1: popular. yeah, BMG and Columbia House. Yes,
0: exactly. I was a member of both of them, and I was notorious for not saying, sending that card back in on time. If you and people who don't know what those services were, basically, you got an album a month, except you could uh, send in this card that they sent you. Saying you didn't want it, but they send it to you like weeks before it was due So I often forgot about it So I would get a CD in the mail and I got that one and I figured oh what the heck out you could return it and pay for it But uh, I figured let me just let me just keep this. I like the Bee Gees Maybe there will be one or two songs on there. I like and I ended up loving it It was it's such a good album. There weren't any like big like top 10 hits off of it But there were some things that got played on adult contemporary radio like the song um, Alone and uh, closer than close it got some play there. and it was good stuff. and it was again, it was a mixture where I think you heard Morris a little bit more. you heard Robin a little bit more. And whenever I do the shows, sirens are in the background. I don't know if you can hear them right now, but that's what happens I mean, when you live within a mile of a hospital. So.
1: <laughs> and I live near an airport, so you might hear a plane, maybe.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So this will be, you know, exciting to see what we hear throughout the show. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I, I love I loved that album so much, and that led me to get the uh, One Night Only album that we talked about, and. I'll tell you, if you're a fan, folks, of the Bee Gees at all, whether it's their stuff from the 60s, 70s, 80s, or afterwards, that's a really good album worth checking out. Like I said, it was from, uh, it, it, it's exactly what it said, it was One Night Only. I think it was, it was from Las Vegas, wasn't it, Carrie?
1: Las Vegas, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's just so good. Their harmonies on there are amazing. There's even one, oh gosh, I can't remember what song it is right now, but they, they actually work in um, a song with our late brother Andy at that point. He, yeah. uh, they, they, they put him up on a video screen there, and I uh, can't remember what song it was, but especially on Andy's earlier recordings, the brothers all worked together. Barry wrote a lot of them, Robin co-wrote a lot of Andy's hits, and they sang background on there. And and I had heard, too, that uh, shortly before Andy died, which I remember it was sometime in the late 80s, I can't remember what year, um, there had actually been talk of him joining up with his brothers to be a fourth member of the Bee Gees. And who knows what that would have brought that 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 could have saved the guy's life, you know? Um, but it's just so sad that he passed away as young as he did. I think he was just in his early thirties at the time. He just and,
1: turned 30.
0: Yeah. That was heartbreaking. I remember it being, was. Uh,
1: it was, I, I've watched some things about him too. And just, he never really seemed to find his confidence and he just didn't see how talented he was. Like, I think everyone else could see it. He was brilliant, but, um, he really just, was, it was really sad. Um, the first time I remember seeing him was on Punky Brewster.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. How about was, that?
1: Yeah, it was really, he was in two episodes and Cherry had a crush on him and it, it was just really cute.
0: Was he playing himself in that? Do you remember? Or
1: he, So he was in two episodes In one, he played himself. He was the, um, the host of a beauty pageant for the girls. And then in the oh, other wow. one, he played Punky's piano teacher and he was trying to make it big. And they went to uh, a record, uh, it was a... Um, it was a scam basically. So it was this person oh. pretending to be a record producer just to get their money. And then Henry comes in and busts him. And it's really funny. But um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he played the piano teacher who wanted to make it big. And he was singing that song. Um, that song he sang with Olivia Newton-John.
0: Oh, um, yes. I
1: yeah, you know which the, one you mean. Wait, am I wasting my time song? That was, I love that song.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, at first I got the wrong song in my head. I was thinking suddenly, but that's one she did with Cliff Richard. And that was another good song from back then. But uh, yeah, Andy was so good. Like you said, he was so talented and he, he had confidence issues. And unfortunately, he had a lot of times that leads to drug issues. And of course, that was a, a, a big part of, you know, his problems that he had. But yeah, so, such a talented singer, songwriter, and he, he did some acting. I know he had done some work in theater and uh, he had hosted a you probably don't remember this, but there was a popular show called solid gold that he was a host of for a while. Yeah.
1: I, I don't remember seeing it, but I've seen, I've seen clips of it. So I know what it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it would have been interesting if that had happened, if he had ended up working with Barry Morris and Robin and the Bee Gees, I would have loved that. Mm-hmm. And, um, wait, how about as far as like the disco hits, do you have any particular standout favorites from there?
1: Uh, well, will stay in the lives fun jive talking. That's, I love that song. Um, yeah. Is too much heaven is that a disco era one
0: i think it would fall into that i think that came on the album that came right after saturday night fever which was something that i will find in my notes and i'll bring up later (laughs) but yeah that's a great song i like that a lot matter of fact i'm pretty sure that that was on the same album oh wait carrie i've just about got it here uh No, I don't. My notes aren't as good as I thought they were. You know, if you go to print out, like, say, the Bee Gees entry on Wikipedia, you get like, like 20 pages, maybe when you're not expecting that. So I've got way too much stuff. here.
1: Right they've, they've, just, they've got such a large body of work. I had no idea. Um, I didn't
0: either, even though yeah. I knew they'd been around since the 60s. I mean, just looking here, they had released 22 studio albums and 83 singles. And that's not even counting live albums and plus the soundtrack works that they did. Oh yeah, they did four soundtrack albums and they have 15 compilation albums, two live albums, and like I said, 22 studio albums. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that's more than so many other legendary bands. And um, one thing that I have been happy to see maybe the past dozen or so years, probably a little longer than that, is that we mentioned earlier the backlash that was against their music because of the disco era, but I think over time they have been a lot, a lot, of, a lot of that has dissipated and I think people really view them for the just groundbreaking act that they were. They mm-hmm. they, they wrote so many great songs, they, they recorded so many great songs, wrote so many great songs for others, including uh, Islands in the Stream, which was popular for Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton and uh, just just so many great things. Uh, yeah, Too Much Heaven's a great song. I, I, I don't know if I said it a second ago or if it was just in my head, was the song Tragedy. That's one okay. of my favorites. That's a great one. I've got that on. Uh, I'm not like, you know, the workout king, but I've got that on one of my workout playlists that I have, I love listening to that. It's a fun song.
1: Good workout song.
0: Yeah, it's a great workout. A lot of those are great workout songs. Uh, Jive Talk, and I was listening to that the other day. Was I was on the treadmill at the gym, and I... Uh, I God help the people around me because I know I was probably singing it a little bit, and that's not anything anybody should have to hear under any circumstances. Oh,
1: I, I used to work at a gym, and I can tell you, people sing all the time.
0: <laughs> I know they do. I know they do. <laughs> I know my wife. My wife says sometimes she's like, "Did you see me like dancing when I was on the elliptical?" I'm like, "I'm like, it's okay, honey. Everybody kind of gets into Everybody it.
1: Everybody does it. It's okay. <laughs> We're all
0: feeling the music." <laughs> so, um, so yeah, just there's. And with all those albums, before we were doing the show, I'm like, I want to listen to all their albums before we do this. And I barely scratched the surface. You know, I got into, I wanted to listen to more of their stuff, like the post Saturday Fever things. And I only got to a handful of them, but there, there were some really good albums in that period. I was listening to one, uh, oh spirits having flown yeah that was the one that i think too had too much heaven on it but uh, there's one that came out in, in 81 called living eyes that was good esp came out in 87 i mean
1: yeah i really like that one
0: that is really good and then one i remember getting a lot of acclaim at the time was uh the album one which had a hit single on it called one which was really their first hit since you know of the that came out in 89 they really hadn't had any like They had hit the adult contemporary chart sometimes, but uh, that was their first like massive big hit in almost a decade. And High Civilization, Size uh, size Isn't Everything is one I was listening to the other day. That came out in 93. I had never heard that before. And uh, it was kind of, it's neat for me to go through and see what other people think in like reviews on amazon.com and places like that. And people absolutely love that album. And I honestly didn't even remember when it came out. I don't remember any you know, of the songs being played on the radio, but it actually had more of a, it's hard to say it's a rock sound for them, but there was a lot more, it was a lot of the songs were more guitar driven than some of the other things that were more like, you know, keyboards and dance oriented and uh, gosh, just so much good music. And I could probably, uh, I don't know, just, just spend a, a, you know months and months diving into this and, and not being bored at all. They're just so, yeah. such a talented act.
1: So talented. Yeah, definitely not getting bored. Um, So, so talented. And it's, the documentary you mentioned on HBO, that was so good. And just hearing about their lives is so interesting, too. Um, and I didn't realize that Morris and Robin were twins.
0: <laughs> I didn't either. Uh,
1: looking at them,
0: it's not something you noticeably see.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, um, Morris and Barry look very alike. And Andy looked like them, too. But, um, so but too. Robin, he looks more like his mother. So, um, yeah, I never would have guessed. But, yeah, they were, they were twins.
0: That's really something. And uh, I'm interested to hear... I don't know if you've delved into this, but I saw that they that Robin I had discovered it in that uh, special that that we've been talking about. But I didn't know that Robin had temporarily left the group for a while. There had been like I think there had been some going back and forth between him and Barry as to you know who would you know whose music should be focused more on the albums. And Robin went solo for a little while, and uh, Barry and Morris recorded one album I think called Cucumber Castle. Have you heard it- that?
1: I, I know the I, I remember the name, but I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, I
0: haven't heard it yet either. I mean, the the name is is pretty pretty memorable. But I want to I'd like to check that out and, and check out some of their solo things too. I know that Robin had recorded some solo music. You know, even um, I think shortly before he passed away. And yeah, then, I
1: think so. He did something with his son. I think it had to do with Titanic. I, I don't remember what. Oh, exactly. how about that?
0: Yeah. And I know there's one solo song by Robin from the 70s that you you were probably familiar with that he did uh, for, in, term, in, in terms of uh, Sesame Street. He had done uh, Trash, which was on. Have you yeah. ever heard of that?
1: Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, it's great. There was an album that came out uh, shortly after Saturday Night Fever was popular that the Sesame Street characters did. It was disco and it was called Sesame Street Fever instead of Saturday Night Fever. And there was a song on there called Trash that uh, Robin sang on. And I think there was a version that might have been shown on the show where you saw him like singing with multiple Muppets. But when the what came out on the recording and what got played on the radio, Simon, I know this was uh, my next door neighbor had the 45 of it, was just Robin singing. And it's just this fun little disco song, uh, you know, I guess an homage to Oscar the Grouch since, you know, yeah. he loves Trash. And it's, it's a fun tune. If people haven't heard it, I encourage him to check that out. And something else that um, became popular in the 70s is a TV show that we both love, and that, that, that's, I don't know if it's the best segue in the world, but I'm doing it, and that is a show called Barney Miller that was a popular show in the, um, it ran for eight seasons, it was on ABC, I think it started in 75, somewhere around there.
1: 75, be, yeah, 75, 76. 75, yeah.
0: 76, somewhere there, and uh, what I love seeing is that um, the show. It's been off the air for probably close to 40 years. I I think it ended in 82 or 83, somewhere around there. And it has developed this new following. I, I had seen, I saw several people in the past year talking about falling in love with it because they had discovered it on Amazon Prime, which it's no longer on. I was looking for it on there, but people had watched the entire series on there. And now it's on other places. Like, um, I think it's Tubi is on there.
1: Yeah. The seasons three and four are on there now for a while. It was seasons one and two, and then three and four came on. So maybe five and six are coming. I don't know. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I hope so. And, uh, you had told me you and your husband, uh, kind of fell in love with it from, from there, right? You were watching it on Tubi from the beginning, from the first season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do remember, um, I was born in late 1979 and the Barney Miller theme song is one of my earliest memories. I don't remember watching the show, mm-hmm. but I remember, uh, my parents turning on the TV and like the, the opening shot of uh, New York and, um, and the baseline. And oh, it's so good. I loved it so much. And, yeah, I just I really remember that, and I I don't think I even knew what the show was. I just knew I liked it. Um, and then I, yeah, I became uh, reacquainted with it, and Justin and I have been having a lot of fun watching it. Um, it's, it's so good. And have you seen Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yes, I have. Yes. They they said there was um some inspiration from Barney Miller for that show.
0: I can see that. I can definitely see that. That's a show I didn't get into. I, I hadn't seen until it was almost all the way over, but then I binge watched that and I ended up loving it. That's that's a really funny show.
1: Funny. Yeah. Different than I Barney,
0: but yeah, I can definitely yeah. see where the inspiration could have come from.
1: Well, Levitt, he reminds me a little bit of Charles Charles Boyle. Oh, yes. I can I see that. I didn't get it until last night, but they're very, they sound kind of similar and they have similar mannerisms. And... Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can totally see that now that you say that.
0: Yeah, and... um uh, Oh, Le- a the, Well, I was gonna say love is a great character, and it's true. There, there's that show is just full of great characters.
1: It is, yeah.
0: Right from the beginning, and uh, it went through like a lot of show long-lasting shows. It went through its changes. Uh, now, you I, I, I can speak English. I really can, Carrie. It's not all gonna be. All good. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but so you would watch it from the beginning, from the first season. And my phone's a little louder than it should be. But uh, the show had transitioned a little bit from within the first couple of seasons. Initially it started off more, well actually the working title of it really, originally was gonna be The Life and Times of Captain Barney Miller, where you're gonna see more of his family life. And you saw that a little bit towards the beginning, but it wasn't long before the producers phased that out, and and uh, because you would see scenes of Barney, most of the episodes where where they did have his you know his wife or maybe his children in it as well, uh, were very very brief within the episodes. You saw like a little shot at, in his in his home, but then most of the episodes took place in the in the twelfth precinct squad room, and it wasn't long before the the family was pretty much you know pushed out of the show and everything, every episode was just strictly in the squad room. Occasionally there'd be some, some things that took place out of there, but, you know, probably like 99% was in the squad room and that seemed to work, I think, for everybody. <laughs> How did you like the earlier ones with his family? Did you? I,
1: right. I mean, I, I liked it. I, I think, I, I feel like it wasn't really necessary for the story. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad they did it. It was cool to see his wife. And then um, in the later seasons, they were having some marital problems, so it was interesting to see the um, how he dealt with that. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad they had it. I I feel like it wasn't needed in the show, but it was a cool addition in the beginning.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. I think like a lot of shows, I think they were just simply trying to find their way. Also, I had uh, I had actually shared with Carrie earlier today. I found uh, I had never seen it before. There were two pilots done for the show initially, and one ended up being the one that was aired as the first episode but there was an earlier one with almost a completely different cast and even the opening credits of that were quite interesting because you saw uh pictures that were they, they were obviously you know doctored but it was supposed to be barney as a younger man like you know with darker hair like just in his police uniform and uh him when he first got married picture of his wife pregnant and uh there was definitely i guess originally thoughts to focus it, you know, on both his family life and in his police work, but it ended up being mostly about the police work and I enjoyed those seeing the family too, but like you said it may not have been necessary and then, especially after you, we met all these other great characters.
1: yeah and
0: there were. I s- agree. yeah so many great characters on there and um, the first season, in particular, you had a couple that um, were only there for a little while I liked uh, Chano quite a bit. I
1: love Tano. He's so cool. Yeah. Loved him. And Gregory Sierra just did a great job with him. I i really liked him.
0: He did. He did. And he was only, I I think, did he maybe the first two seasons. I maybe I can't remember if we got it into the third or not. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, I,
1: I I wish I wish they had. He had stayed. I think he he Gregory Sierra got another show and then it didn't work out with that show. So mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. He was a really good addition. Um did have you seen do you remember the last episode of season one?
0: Is that where he had to pull his gun on someone or something? There was something along those lines. It's been a little while since I've seen it, but I remember it would being, uh, you know, it it was good because that one I know, I think went out of the squad room a little bit. And, um, but I remember it being, you know, kind of heartfelt. It was his struggles with having done that. Am am I off there or? Oh, no, you're right,
1: you're right. Yeah, because there was a bank robbery and he wound up having to shoot two of the robbers and he killed them. And he was really upset. And, oh,
0: okay, I forgot that he actually killed a couple of the kids.
1: Yeah, and then so he they had a scene with him at home and like just getting really sad and crying. It's like, wow, like that's in the 1970s to see a man crying on TV. That's like, that's a big deal.
0: That is a big deal. And yeah. uh, that was one thing, uh, well, one of many big deals on that show. Uh, Barney Miller was actually very groundbreaking. They had a couple of. Uh, recurring characters on there that was a um, homosexual couple, too. And gosh, I'm drawing Marty, and I can't remember his uh, boyfriend's name now.
1: Daryl or something like that? I think
0: that that might be, it's something like that. But uh, they were really, um, I don't know, I I think a great example of you know, homosexual characters who were not just there for jokes. Yes, there were there were comedic moments around them, and especially in the reactions of some of the police officers in the squadron to them. Like, like for example, uh, good old Stanley Wojciechowicz. He he at first wasn't sure how to act around them, but uh, you know, then he grew to respect them because. And th- those guys were in multiple episodes. They were probably one of the most frequent recurring uh, groups of characters that were on there. There were several occurring characters over the years on there, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the, those guys were great. That was quite groundbreaking. And plus, just the diversity in the cast members that you had there that were working in the 12th precinct. Like you said, we had Chano, who I believe was Puerto Rican. Uh, mm-hmm. You had Nick Yamana uh, of, of Asian descent. And uh, you had um, Philip yeah. Fish, who was an older okay. man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm ron harris african-american and uh
1: did barney's think... jewish
0: yeah barney's jewish and didn't just mentioned
1: that until later but yeah he's jewish so that yeah and amazing. i'd
0: forgotten that too so it, you had a, this really diverse cast of characters and oh boy they were they were also very unique too and, and and it led to such great comedy and in some moments you know great drama too you saw the characters going through various uh difficulties in their own lives you know fish was this age i don't know how old fish was supposed to be but that actor abe Vigoda always looked old <laughs> no offense to the late abe Vigoda, but he always seemed to play older than he probably was he was probably in his like mid to late 50s when he did that but uh, yeah. but uh, he was a great character and then of course uh well we talked about nick yamana who was played by jack sue and recently you and i talked about what ended up being really uh just this very very touching tribute that was done to him um for those who don't know jack sue had passed away while the series was still being filmed i believe it was uh it was maybe midway through uh third, after the third season third third or fourth season i think, think maybe actually, later
1: season?
0: yeah but um it was it was one of the first instances that i recall where a tribute episode was done in a in a sitcom, uh, to a, to someone to a cast member who had passed away. I remember watching it when it first aired, and I remember being devastated. This was a one of those rare shows that, as a child, I watched with my family, where we all really appreciated it. Like I remember my my parents loved it, and at that point, they were probably in their I don't know maybe early forties or something like that. But here I am, like this kid watching it too, and I got a kick out of the characters, and they got a kick out of the maybe the jokes that I didn't even understand at that time, but it was just this good quality show, such great writing on there. And yeah, Jack Sue had unfortunately passed away of cancer and they did this great episode where they showed a lot of nice clips and you saw the actors talking about him and uh, very, very moving. It was a good episode.
1: Yeah, I agree, very moving. And um, I'm sorry, I keep getting hair on my face.
0: that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh so it was very moving and i liked how they handled that in a lot of shows they'll try to just write the character out and sometimes the way they do it it's just very haphazard it's like okay that's random um but with this they just they um they talked about uh jack and they talked about nick's greatest moments and so they did it in a way that um you know, it wasn't a a weird write out. Um, it was a real tribute and it was really nice to see. Um, and then I loved at the end of the episode, how they all held up their coffee mugs for Nick. Yeah. Oh
0: my God. You're like, that just like hit me there. You know, that was, uh, I, I cry over everything, but, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that was very, very moving. And, uh, you know, we mentioned Fish before. Fish was played by Ava Gota, who had, who had done many movies even before he had been on Barney Miller. He was in, uh, I think, the first two, or at least the first Godfather movie. I can't remember if he was in the second one or not, but several other things. And uh, his character had left the show fairly early on, uh, or at least midway through, because he had been so popular. ABC decided to spin him off into his own series, at, which uh, which was called Fish. Have you ever seen that, Carrie?
1: we watched the pilot episode it was on crackle and then it like left crackle um it was it was okay i yeah. you know i liked the concept but i i like i think i liked him better on barney miller but yeah,
0: i liked him better i think most people and for those that don't know fish fish was a very short-lived show i think it lasted maybe two seasons i don't even know if it was two full seasons they had tried to incorporate i just watched one of the uh season three or four episodes the other day where you were seeing what was going to happen to Fish in a off series. Because basically Fish, his, Fish retired from being a police officer and he and his wife became foster parents to a degree for these kids, who these troubled kids. And uh, you saw one of the kids introduced in an episode of Barney. It might even be more than that. But uh, it was, like you said, it, it was fine. It was okay, but I think Fish was probably a better supporting character than a lead character. And and maybe just the the show wasn't as funny or well-written as it could have been, too.
1: Yeah, I think he he worked better with adult characters than kid characters too. Um, just yeah, I think the way so. Fish was. I don't know, like if he'd been another character, if maybe he would have been able to pull it off. But um, just seeing him bounce off the uh, you know the other characters on Barney Miller, he was just hilarious and his t- comedic timing was amazing.
0: Oh, it was. He would just make a face. Uh, you know, you would hear there was a running joke where Fish, uh, because he was older, he spent a lot of time in the bathroom, and you would <laughs> just hear people like mention a bathroom, and then he would just make a face and you would see him walk away and he was just mm-hmm. such a talented actor and uh he, he went on to do appear in many movies, even like the first Look Who's Talking movie. I, I think
1: that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was
0: uh I think John Travolta's grandfather or some relative in that. And uh it was good to see him then because I always loved him as fish and Gosh, just so many great characters in there. Um, Hal Linton played Barney Miller. I don't know if I had mentioned that earlier, but he had had a lot of uh, Broadway experience prior to that. I don't know how much he had been on TV and movies uh, before Barney Miller. TV, I don't think. Yeah. But what I love is uh, he now is in his 90s and I still see him acting some from time to time. He still does things. I recently saw him, I think it was just within the past two years, on an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, and cool. and I'm, yeah, <laughs> so my Cal like, Linden is still gigging, and I know he goes around now to uh, conventions, and he'll like meet the public. He and uh, Max Gale, who played uh, Wojo on the show, were just at something just this past uh, week where I saw pictures of them together. And and, and it's great because uh, these guys, uh, I see Max Gale's actually pretty active on Facebook. He'll answer people's questions about the show. And uh, one thing that I've, I've seen many times from the different cast members is that they have said that they're approached a lot by uh former police officers or even active police officers who tell them that barney Miller was probably their favorite police television show ever because that to them it seemed the most realistic it wasn't mm-hmm. a case where these guys were running around pulling their guns every episode and getting into these great shootouts and dramatic situations they were with in terms of like the interactions that they had with each other um they said that they felt it was very realistic and i can see that
1: Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, which that's another reason I love the show is um, because it is, it is does have a realistic feel to it, I think, Um, you know, and it just shows kind of the day to day. It's not them going out in the streets and all the time, which would be fine, you know, for some shows, but um, I just like the way they it's, it's very character driven, I think, and I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I do too. And, uh, you know, I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but it's, it it was so very true with the show is that there were such great characters. Uh, one of my favorites, especially when I was a kid was, uh, Harris mentioned Ron Harris and he was just so cool. He was always like the King of cool on there. And I remember now I hate to say this now, but one of the things that I liked about Harris was I think towards the end of the show, I was like 13 or 14, and that's when I started smoking cigarettes. And I remember Harris smoked a lot on the show, and I just thought that was so cool. I figured, you know, I could smoke Harris a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm blaming Harris for that, but uh, he was a character that you saw just, uh, I don't know, he just did his own thing. One thing that I liked, though, most, more more than more than the smoking thing was the fact that Harris was a writer. Mm-hmm. Harris wanted to, uh, in fact, I wouldn't say wanted to write a book, but he did write, his character did write a book. Excuse me, let <laughs> Sorry everybody. Uh allergy season. Fun, fun. Uh but he wrote a book uh called Blood on the Badge. Have you gotten to any of those episodes, Carrie? Or- I,
1: I I just got to the episode where he he was about to publish it and he was getting everyone to sign a release and Dietrich wouldn't sign it. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Barney was kind of hesitant, but Dietrich just didn't want to. And then um, Harris finally had to say, look, like your character is one of the best ones. I need you in this book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was good stuff. I I loved that because even at that point as a kid, you know, I I had Feeling that I wanted to be a writer, and you, you saw this writer on TV. And again, the guy—he always wore like the fancy suits, and uh, it was funny. There was an episode where sometimes you would see the officers on there go undercover, and um, like I think they were trying to crack like a prostitution ring, and or or there was a mugger who had been going after women or prostitutes. Gosh, I'm probably getting this wrong, but I haven't seen this in many years. But uh, the uh, male police officers had to dress as women. Have you ever seen any of those episodes?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember when um, when uh, Harris had to do that and he had to shave his mustache off and he was really upset because he loved
0: it. <laughs> it was hilarious. That's where I was going with that because he had like, you know, he, he 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 was very, very particular about the way he looked. He had the expensive suits. He was always combing his mustache or like you know, you're checking himself out. And uh, and yeah, that was funny. And then I remember everyone was blown away with how because he did that. He, he dressed extra fancy. You would see Wojo and the others wear like off the rack kind of cheap dresses. But he got like the fanciest thing, and it, it was it was really funny. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Do you remember the whale, werewolf episode where he? Um, it was so funny where they they found the this person who was a werewolf who said he was a werewolf. They found him in the park, and they, he wound up having to like wrestle him down. And he came in, and he's just covered in mud, and he's so upset that his <laughs> suit <is ruined. laughs> I, I actually just. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, the whole episode's hilarious. Like when you hear the the wolf person howling downstairs, and. Jack Sue says, well, I better put some more papers down in the cage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was so good. I, I just saw that. I, I, I rewatched it just maybe two weeks ago. That was a classic one. And that actor, I'm drawing a blank on his name now, who played the uh, character who thought he was a werewolf. Uh, he was. Uh, he appeared on there multiple times in different roles. I think he might have returned as that character once. But I know he played other characters as well. And they did that frequently on that show. You would, if they got, had an actor or actress they liked, you might see them pop up again as a different character. And uh, oh yeah, that was so so funny. I loved you know Harris in that, and and yeah, Jack Sues character Nicky Mona. He would just have such great lines and such this this great deadpan delivery and. To this day, when I, whenever I hear people talk about bad coffee, I think of him because his character people, he made the coffee there in the squad and people just hated it. They absolutely hated it. They gave him hell over it all the time. Yeah. And, uh, but just... then it
1: would be gone, and they'd be like, Nick, copy's gone. So yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, w- one of the recurring characters on there that I didn't really, for some reason, I disliked him when I was a kid, but I've grown to appreciate him a lot over the years, was Inspector Luger. He, he was, uh, I guess, an old friend of Barney's. I don't know. He was, a, you know, they had worked together years before, but he would always pop in to see the, the boys of the old one, too. And he, he could be sometimes annoying, But uh, he was like this almost fatherly figure. But uh, he would say some pretty wacky things once in a while. I remember there was an episode recently. You probably saw this. It was uh, quarantine where they all they got quarantined there in the squad room. They had a big warning sign outside of the squad saying, don't come in here. And Luger saw it. He walks in with the sign. He's like, hey, what kind of joke is this? Then he got stuck in there. And you had the uh, gay characters that we mentioned, Marty and uh, I wish I could remember the other one's name. And seeing his reactions to them, too, was hilarious. But then he also kind of grew to respect them. It was uh, was a show where you might have characters who were... uh, you know, gay or a minority or, or, you know, I'm using air quotes here, different in some sort of way than was, than was normally seen back in the seventies and early eighties on TV, but they were done with respect. They weren't trying to make them into jokes. There might be some humor associated with them, but they were always, there was always a great respect there. There was good quality writing on that show.
1: Yeah. Very good quality. I agree. Yeah. That, that quarantine episode is great and it's very timely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is, isn't
1: it? I uh, was like, can't we just wash and go home? And, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then with Nick in that episode uh, where um, uh, Marty's husband or, or partner, I think it was Daryl, maybe he, yeah, I think um, it is he He made coffee for them. And, uh, and uh, Nick said, these, cops are, or these cups are white. And he's like, yeah, I scrubbed all the mold off of them. <laughs> Nick goes, oh, I thought it was a pattern. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was great. That was great. And uh, you had mentioned Dietrich. He was a character, excuse me, that had come into the show like midway through. He was uh, introduced in season three. I don't know if the producers already knew that the the fish was going to be leaving and they brought him in to, you know, maybe, you know, have him be a replacement. But uh, Arthur Dietrich was quite a character too. He was, uh, you know, somewhat of a... um, I wanted to use the phrase "know it all." I don't know if that would necessarily apply because he wasn't uh, egocentric or anything. But our, Dietrich knew a lot about a lot of things. He was he he, he had a great delivery too. Uh, Steve Landisberg was the actor who played Dietrich, and I liked him a lot.
1: I've kind of wondered if maybe Dietrich. I think he, he might have been a neurodivergent character, maybe maybe on the spectrum. Um, I can see that. Yeah, 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 I kind of get that feel. Um, but he just says the funniest, we just watched one episode where they, um, I don't remember everything that happened, but there was a character who was an arsonist who was lighting fires and stuff. And, <laughs> and and Barney had just gotten back with his wife and he was going to move in with her again. And everyone's saying all these nice things like, oh, I want to say this. I'm so happy for you. And then Dietrich says, can I say something? There's a fire at the pier. <laughs> <laughs>
0: His delivery was so, so good. He, he was great. He was, he's this interesting character. And what's what I liked about him too, is uh, you didn't know uh, an awful lot about him. And I know it later in the series that came out that uh, I think, Bar- I can't remember what the basis of that particular episode was, but Barney was trying to uh, get through to Dietrich. He's like, you know, he he had brought up the fact that he had, had before, before he became a police officer, he had, uh, he had been studying um, to be a doctor. A, a, he had been a med student at one point he had wanted to be an actor, I think there was like three or four other things that Dietrich wanted to do so. So like you said, I think there was more to Dietrich than maybe initially met the eye, you know, and a, uh, neurodiver- is said, neurodivert, is that the correct way, am I saying it wrong, neurodivert, yeah okay, thank you and. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a great, great, great character and Levitt Levitt's another one too. It, it at first was a recurring character he was for those who don't know. He was a police officer that worked downstairs, but he wanted to be a detective he wanted to be part of the group that was there um, with Barney and his gang and. Uh, he, uh, you know you'd see him it, sometimes it would throw him because he would be, end up filling in up there as a detective but he wasn't a full grade detective and. Um, he was a great character and that Eric actor Ron. Carrie, I think that's how you say his name. Um he, he was really good. He ended up being in a couple of Mel Brooks movies later on, like after Barney Miller and uh great actor.
1: Yeah, really good. I, I remember him on the Hash episode. That's my favorite episode. It's just so funny. Oh, yeah. And he it's... came in to fill in because everybody was stoned. And, uh, <laughs> and Jack Sue was saying, can you spell cat? We need professionals here. And...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that the episode? Now, I haven't seen that in a long time, but... Is that the one I remember one time Jack Sue's character, didn't he say something like mushy mushy or yeah. something that, was that was that that episode because he was yeah, high? Or... Yeah,
1: because he was high as Wojo's uh current uh, love interest had made brownies for him and he didn't know that it had hash in it. So everybody <laughs> ate at them except for Barney and uh Jack Sue, he's uh, talking with this um uh person they'd arrested and He's like, oh look, he dunked this in the milk and it gets all mushy. That's a fun word, mushy. mushy. <laughs> that's. <laughs> and then he starts singing. Um, he just.
0: Oh my gosh, that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, Harris is stone too, and he goes over to him. He says, "What's happening, baby?" And then <laughs> <laughs> he starts singing, and oh my god! And he was a good singer too. He was in musicals. He was in Flower Drum Song. Um... Right. So, oh yeah. yeah, it was really cool to see him just just let loose and sing, you know, <laughs> sing all these ridiculous things. And um, yeah. Oh, just,
0: such a great cast. And for those listening or watching to this, if you haven't ever experienced Barney Miller, I encourage you to look for it. Like uh, like Carrie had said, it, there are some seasons available right now on on Tubi, which I, I love Tubi. I love old TV shows and you can find a lot of great things on Tubi and it's free, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to watch those commercials, but it's not too bad, but uh, they can be found there. And hopefully they're going to pick up the other seasons that they don't have right now. And I'm personally hoping since I'm an Amazon Prime member that they put the whole series back on Prime. That'd
1: be good. Yeah, yeah. I've been getting the uh, later seasons from my library. So that's also an option. Check your local library. Oh, yeah, there
0: that's me. great. That's great. Good call, good call, and I found, I found some good DVD deals online too, but I'll, I'm just going to keep them to myself for now because I don't want people to buy them before I get a chance to. And, uh, yeah, I love the show, and, well, it's been a lot of fun talk. Uh, it's great to find another fan of that show because I – it the, the quality of the writing was so good it, it sticks with you uh, like it we just talked about the episode is, is it called hash is that the yeah. Or, yeah i have not seen that probably since the 1980s but i can you know remember the things that i brought up and then you were saying things so i'm like oh yeah it's just it was just so good it's, it's just such mm-hmm. good quality writing and the, uh, some of the producers from that went on to other things, and some of the writers did. I think some had gone on to uh, Night Court too, like uh, later on in, in the 1980s. And did you ever see the final episode of Marnie Miller, the final couple?
1: Not yet. I, I've seen clips from it. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah, it's got, uh, you know, I saw the final moment. What? I'll probably cry when I watch this it was really really sweet and um, how Dietrich was saying um, and this is another reason I kind of wondered if he he might be on the spectrum he was talking about how well he made a joke about being raised by wolves which is not doesn't have to do with being on the spectrum but he talked about (laughs) how he always felt like he didn't fit in and being in um, you know being in the in the um, in the squad he felt like they made him feel like he fit which was really sweet uh-huh.
0: yeah that was really sweet it was a good episode and what i loved about it too was that i had mentioned earlier how it was rare to see like the the tribute episode that we mentioned earlier that was done for jack sue after he passed but that was the when the series ended um, in the early 80s it was rare then that you saw concluding episodes a lot for a series mm-hmm but uh it was such a well respected series it was still doing great in the ratings and the producers said to abc you know we 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 want to end this we want to have a, like a closing to the story for these characters so they let them have i think it was a either a two or three part finale where um you know so- something occurred which led the characters to all leave the 12th precinct and uh it it was really good it was very it was very touching but it still had funny moments in there i, m- I remember a particularly good scene uh with wojo in that episode too, towards the end and between him and Harris, but I don't want to say anything cause you haven't seen it in its entirety, but uh, really good stuff people so check that out and you know check out those bgs <laughs> it's all out there. To... Mm-hmm it's all and like i said i there's just i have loved them like my whole music listening life and just, just seeing like these lists of page after page after page of their albums and singles there's so much of it i don't know there's so much more to them than just the uh, maybe 10 hits you hear now on the classic streaming services or oldie stations there's just uh, so much good music there
1: yeah so good you know what i would have loved to see i don't think this happened but um do you know robin on the muppets the little, little kermit's little nephew
0: oh yeah yeah
1: can you imagine if he and robin Gibb had had a little a cameo together That would have oh been my so gosh
0: funny. how great would that have been i,
1: was, I wish we'd seen that how linden was on the muppet show though is so. that
0: right mm-hmm. wow yeah okay i can see that did he uh did he sing with that because i know he was he was actually a good singer i've seen uh Just recently I found, I I love YouTube because you can find everything on there. He had a variety special that he did probably at the height of Barney Miller where he was just on there singing tune after tune and dancing and I'm like, wow, look at him. But I want to look for that Muppets episode. I bet that was fun.
1: Yeah, very fun. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, it was cool to see him on there and he's very talented.
0: That's great, yeah, and yeah such a great cast, and some of the members of uh, cast members of Barney Miller had gone on to do some other things. Hal Linden is, I think, he started maybe two other very short-lived series, but you know, a lot of guest appearances and things. Max Gale, um, Maxwell. I don't know if you knew this, but he was recently. he had, a, he had a recurring role on General Hospital, the popular soap opera. Mm-hmm. and uh, he I think might have even won an Emmy Award for that. I hadn't seen him in anything for a while and I didn't watch I I'd gotten I haven't watched General Hospital in years, but it was just so nice to see him still you know working and people were lo- I think his character has had Alzheimer's. So he really got to uh, I saw some clips of it and he, his acting was just amazing in there it's great to see this person that you've admired their work for decades and decades, and then still see them out there, you know, mm-hmm. you know, doing their art and thriving at it. It's great to see. And, and, um, uh, we mentioned Harris many times he was played by Ron glass and he went on to some big things too. He, uh,
1: Firefly.
0: Fire, were you a Firefly fan?
1: No, but I, well, I haven't seen it. So I, I can't say at, at this point, no, but I'd like to watch it someday, especially now that I know he's on it because I love his voice. Like if, Oh, you know, such a
0: cool voice! That
1: alone would get yeah. me interested.
0: Yeah, he was. Uh, I I I like Firefly. Firefly was good. I'm not as like into it as a lot of people were, but he was fantastic on there. And uh, he actually, I, I don't. One thing that I liked that he was in that was very short lived was there was a shortly after Barney Miller left the air, he starred in a remake of the Odd Couple TV series. That's cool. Yeah, it it was short-lived, uh but they decided to make the main character's African American and he played uh uh Felix Felix Unger who was played by Tony Randall in the TV series, you know, the kind of this kind of the snitty one, which you you can kind of see that from how his character was in Barney Miller. And then the guy who played Oscar was a uh, Damon Wilson, who had been on Sanford and Son, as Lamont, and it was—it was shortly. It only lasted one season, but it was good. And I'm going way off of what we're talking about here, but that's okay. But it—it was—it's worth checking out. Some of that's on uh, YouTube as well. So, Carrie, we covered some cool classic stuff here.
1: Good. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. And. Folks, you got to recarry stuff. There, she writes uh, a nice mixture of things on Medium.com. I mentioned, you know, pop culture, but then you write about something that. Uh, well, you write about all kinds of things on there. One thing that I have enjoyed reading of by you is uh, uh, we have something in common. I have ADHD, and I know you have written about that on there. And uh, you know whether you have ADHD or not, you know, look for, for Carrie on Medium.com and. Uh, yeah, you know, Like I said, just just a lot of very, very entertaining and uh, really just good articles.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're very, very welcome, and I thank you for being on the show. I probably said that 10 times, but I'm very thankful, so thank you. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm, yeah, thank you. You're welcome, and thank you. This has been fun. <laughs> oh, great.
0: And I hope uh, all of you enjoy the show, and... You can find me on medium.com as well. I write about pop culture. I'm trying to do some other things on there. Like I'm going to be delving more into poetry, which I haven't done in a long time and some personal essays and find me on medium.com or thebuddygot.com. And again, thanks for listening or watching, whichever one you're
1: doing and have a wonderful day. Take care, everybody.